the business capital of the world. This is the Podcast Business News Network. We are back with the owner of Lead Left, Grow Right. It's Tony Moralt here joining us live once again on his weekly podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, but working with executives and leaders all over the world. And once again, the name of the company is leadleftgrowright.com. That's the website. They're a consulting and publishing company centered around, well, the term we just used, and we always talk about leadership, right? Uh, And so much more. Let me have Tony do a proper introduction, and then we'll get today's show started. Go ahead. Hi. uh, Glad to see everyone out there. so my brief history is uh, I grew up in Minnesota, went to the United States Naval Academy, spent nine years in the Navy. Uh, then I did 25 years uh, with Hallmark Cards. So I've got a wide-ranging corporate background uh, heavily in supply chain and in IT or technology implementations. Uh, I've written a book called The Leadership Quotient. Um, we've covered that in some of the earlier sessions uh, with Jill and myself. So I encourage you to go out there and take a read. It's on Amazon and also Barnes and Noble. Now, just curious, were you responsible for making, uh, the, the, the cards like, like Hallmark, like the sayings inside by any chance, since you are such a good writer (laughs) as an author or that wasn't your expertise? (laughs) Everyone that meets a Hallmarker says that. I'm sorry, but who does that? No, no, no. Who has a job? That's kind of... It's a great thing. So um, it's we actually have an entire division called the creative division. And uh, I don't know what they are now because I've been away from there for a little bit. But at one point, it had 800 uh, artists and writers. Wow. Yeah. So you've got uh, everything from uh, people that are very specialized technically mm-hmm. uh, who are – artisans but do the keepsake ornaments that are out there for christmas i think there's every day now yeah yeah, Uh, absolutely they're the people that do the sayings on the cards and actually do the cards themselves illustrate those so it's it's pretty cool awesome well thanks for sharing that just figured i'd ask i don't think i ever did so i'm not i'm not horrible i didn't just meet you and ask i've known you for months all right let's get a recap of so real quick jill one, one little tidbit. Ooh, ooh, good. I'm glad. I did write something one time. It wasn't on a card, but it was for a Valentine's Day contest. And I wrote the winning verse. I don't have it remembered. It had to be like 15 words or something. And so my wife got flowers for an entire year every month. Oh which is really cool. And did they actually use that verse in one of the cards? Or was uh, it just... A- I- they probably I, did. They probably uh, took it and trademarked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So. But that's awesome. That's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I thought I'd share that. Well, so. thank you. All right. So last week we talked a little about uh, Principal Stand, uh, fixing cracks in your character. And again, Maxwell, your favorite author, saying leadership is not a function of position. It's a function of role and activity. So recap us, and then we'll get on to today's agenda. Okay, great. Yeah, so... Um, we, we talked a little bit more from Maxwell, and one of the things that he talks about is taking a principled stand, um, you know, and a principled stand means that if you understand who you are, what your mission is, and especially your values, then you will take a principled stand. You will, as opposed to compromising and saying, Okay, I'm not, this time I'm not going to speak up mm-hmm. or I'm not going to go to the boss and say that 
uh, her behavior in the last meeting, um, you either thought was great or maybe here's some things. So a principal stand uh, against, uh, well, it's really can be for or against. And then fixing cracks in your character, um, I use that word compromise too, and so does Maxwell. Um, you know, each of us uh, grows up in a lot of different ways, different faiths, different parents raising you, uh, some good, some bad. So everyone has initially flaws in their character, but you can fix those flaws if you identify them. And that requires a great amount of introspection. And we talked about the steps on that last week, so I won't cover them here. And then, as you said, leadership is not a function of position. So when he says it's not a function of position, that means just by title alone. So if you're the CEO or you're the vice president of marketing or you're the director of uh, the a creative division, let's say, or you're a middle manager or a frontline supervisor, just because you have that position, it, you don't have inherently leadership there unless that person chooses to exercise proper leadership traits, mm -hmm. but it's a function of role and activity is the second part of the question. Okay. And that's really important because everyone, so, so I'll give you an example. I was just thinking about this as I was waiting to get on. So let's say you're in a conference room and uh, <laughs> a, a IT programmer says, you know, I, I think we need to rethink the solution. And so she goes up to the dry erase board and starts diagramming something new and trying to explain her position. At that point, because of her role and position, they understand who she is, what her background is, what she can do, what she can't. And so now if they're doing the right thing, they're attentively listening to her. And at that point, she has just assumed a significant leadership role because he's trying to change the direction of that meeting. So there are lots of little things that happen. There could be back channel communications uh, that move a project forward or move it backward. Um, so that's why my belief is that everyone is a leader. And Maxwell kind of says that when he says, it's a function of your role and activity. You can, you can be a leader anytime depending on, you know, it, but it's going to come from your role and then taking some action that people around you recognize. And, and again, a, a primary thing on leadership is the ability to influence. So in my example, that IT programmer, she was trying to influence the group to think differently about a p different potential solution than the one that they had. Got it. Well, also, uh, by the way, uh, lead left, grow right. We're here at the owner and founder, Tony Meralt, and I also have to say the word author as well. Uh, leadership <laughs> is his thing. Um, and leftovers and a new conversation. Uh, you say in today's day and age, how technically savvy do you really have to be as a leader? So tell me about this technical savviness a little further, please. Sure. So, um, <laughs> well, I have to back up with what I just said. In, in this case, I am talking about a function of position. Okay. So what I'm saying there is a lot of times people will say, you have to be, 
you have to have been a programmer before you can be an IT project manager. Now that's really helpful, but there are IT project managers who understand technology and how it works, but they don't have to know how to actually code the system. They have people on their team that code the system. So uh, a lot of cases people will promote and say, well, they, they have to have that exact background. And that's very limiting in a corporation. So um, if you're trying to really develop someone, if you keep them in IT all the time and they don't do a, a stint over in the business unit, let's say, they're not going to learn how, you know, because IT is kind of behind the scenes. They're not mm-hmm. going to learn unless they're in that business role um, how the business really works. But they also don't have to be, um, they don't have to be a, a leader who has to have that technical, uh, in most cases, to background to do that. Now, in finance, you probably can make uh, a good case that, okay, if you're a finance manager, you probably either need a degree in finance or you have done <laughs> something in finance, but, yeah. but in general, those kinds of roles, um, people have to think a little bit more broadly. Otherwise you undermine the ability to utilize people and put them in challenging positions. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's what I say about being a leader in a lot of cases, you don't have to have that technical proficiency. Um, you know, and, now, the flip side of that is mm-hmm. a lot of time people say, well, you have to have done a role. So you have to be an inventory control uh, controller before you can be an inventory manager or you have to have design cards, and et cetera, before you can be a creative manager mm-hmm. or a classic is in engineering or IT we take someone who is, quote, the, the best engineer or the best IT programmer, and we promote them into a position which is vastly different from what their frontline job is. And we don't give them the tools to actually take that positional leadership and utilize it yeah. um, for folks. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely does. And um, I love it. Principal, by the way, you mentioned up on top. Does that say principal stand? Principal? Yeah, principal stand. Yep. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Did I, am I spelling it wrong? Principled stand. You're right. I'm looking at it. I'm thinking LED light. I'm like, what is the LED above his head? Uh, you probably wouldn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, nope. Um, well, do you want to talk a little bit about a personal experience uh, um, in your life? You've yeah, done this, so um, seen it done really well. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you. I'll leave it to others to judge how well it was, but um, for me, uh, I had a lot of background in distribution <clears throat> because that's where I started. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had. Uh, a technical background, yeah. both from the United, from the Naval Academy as well as um, for my master's degree, which was in information mm-hmm. management. However, um, when I was promoted into middle management, um, 
I was taking on a role in a division that's global procurement. Well, I hadn't actually had to buy stuff and so forth, but I did have to understand. So I took the time to go through areas and understand that. And then we were implementing some very technical projects like a data warehouse, uh, um, an e-sourcing tool, and some other things. Well, I didn't know how to technically build a data warehouse or things of that nature, but I had folks on my team who were much more technically proficient in those systems and could work. But I could still manage all of those different projects. At one point, I had like five major projects going on at the same time. So I can get enough technical knowledge to understand how you build a, a data warehouse, but I don't have to actually do all the work to do that. So that for me was a challenge because I had to learn about this whole new thing called procurement that I knew about, but I didn't really have, you know, that just wasn't my assignment in distribution. I was doing other things there. And so that was a great developmental thing for me. Uh, it was a huge challenge, um, but I had a great, great leader, um, Gina, and um, she really was a great coach. And um, between myself being really self-motivated to learn about procurement and all of the systems and how things work, mm -hmm. because that's I'm naturally that way as a Myers-Briggs INTJ guy. So it ended up being a really great thing. And I think those projects came out pretty well overall. Um, so it was a good example of taking someone from distribution and putting them into procurement mm -hmm. and watching them thrive, but also be challenged. So, um, so that would be my personal example. Um, so I get, yeah, so I guess that's, that's kind of it about technical, technical stuff. Uh, does that make sense? Do you, do you want, as an example, or do you want me to no, try something? No, that's good. I think it's time to start uh, some new conversation. But after we, of course, remind everyone how we can reach you. You can reach me at tony.marlt at gmail.com. You can go to the leadleftgrowright.com website and submit a contact form there and what your questions are. Uh, and that's all one word, lead left, grow right. Uh, or you can email me at tony.marlt at gmail.com. And um, one thing before we get into this new conversation, I, I teased it a little bit last week. And this was a quote that uh, a great lady that I used to work with um, sent me. Leadership is not about being the best. Leadership is about making everyone else better. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question, I'll have a question for you, Jill, is can you talk to me about a time or times in your life when you've done this, making other people better, using those leadership skills, uh, and or maybe whether you've seen it done well or poorly by someone else? I've seen a lot of failed <laughs> attempts of leadership yes in the workplace yes but in the personal growth space uh with leadership i try i like to think i'm doing well with my boys <laughs> yep yep but yeah yep. and that's that's a great example on a personal level of making people better uh and i try to do that as well raising six kids um sometimes you're successful sometimes you're not 
especially with your firstborn. You make a lot of mistakes as a parent. Um, but in the workplace, I also uh, encountered people that it was all about, and this, this is probably the biggest observation um, overall on leadership is there's two components to leadership, and I call it go and grow, and I've mentioned that before, but go is the part, if you had an XY coordinate, go is where you're trying to get the job done, period, the end, but you don't really think about the growing people side. Mm -hmm. um, so a great leader is balanced on getting those objectives done, getting those goals met, but also growing people at the same time. And there's so many ways that you can grow people. Um, and we've talked about some with professional development, et cetera. So, okay. So, um, yes, you mentioned starting a new conversation. So, um, we're just going to get into this, but I think we might spend a couple of weeks in this space because it's, so important is this, this book called First Conversations by an author named Susan Scott okay. um, is it, it, it was kind of life changing for me in terms of, um, you know, we talked earlier about a principle stand and this book is about having fierce conversations and sometimes people recoil and say, well, I don't want to have a fierce conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So. A fierce conversation is not about yelling at the other person, uh, you know, mm -hmm. demanding something, etc. Oh, yeah. uh, it's not about raising your voice. It's about having an authentic conversation where you bring your best self to that conversation. You have your ears tuned in on them so you can actually listen instead of having distractions. And you can have a dialogue between each other that is honest but very respectful mm -hmm. and hopefully you leave that conversation with a, a, a leap in growth of that relationship that you have with that person so that's that we'll dive into it you know for next week i think we'll dive into that first conversation what is it in a lot more detail and and so this time, that's kind of an overview of Fierce Conversation. Uh, it's authentic, real, um, fearless. And um, so at this point, I'd like to read a quote. So I have to look down, unfortunately, because yeah, I, right. I don't have it memorized. No, I don't have all the notes memorized. I always look down. <laughs> and it stinks when the internet doesn't work because I'm like, I'm so lost right now, but just pretend I'm not. <laughs> Exactly. I'm honest. I'm like, yeah. Tony, I can't see here. What's going on? <laughs> exactly. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. exactly. So a uh, quote by Ernest Hemingway, uh, you know, one of our most famous authors in his book, The Sun Also Rises, said this quote, how do you go bankrupt? Gradually, then suddenly. So here is a parallel from Susan Scott that incorporates some of that same sentiment. Our work, our relationships, and in fact, our very lives succeed or fail gradually, then suddenly, one conversation at a time. Mm -hmm. 
So, Joe, let that sink in a little bit. Um, I'll read the last part just for everyone yeah. to hear. Our li very lives succeed or fail gradually, then suddenly, one conversation at a time. What what was your first impression or thoughts about that comment? <laughs> well, I feel that um, every life there's success, there's failure, um, and uh, it's part of life. I think I've had both. I think we all have. And I think conversations help us get through it to prevent more failures and hopefully have more positive outcomes, right? But again, I think right. um, with anything in life, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's um, you got both sides of the fence, but I always feel that you can always get through the next hurdle and you always learn something from um, the bad in a sense, the failure, if you call that yeah. bad. Maybe it's not so bad. It's just, it's a right. learning role that's teaching us and it makes you start Correct. thinking differently, acting differently and you put it all into perspective and that of course helps you um you know get through it as you mentioned one conversation at a time for sure yeah but yeah. it's always impo important to talk there's some people who yeah. don't communicate well and they're no um and you can't tell anyone how to be or how to change but I wish they could see the, the the benefit in that right well that's that's spot on and um you know, when you talk fail in, in the leadership course, and I always use the phrase, if you're going to fail something or you do fail, and we all are, as you said, yeah. fail forward. Mm. Forward means, okay, that didn't go right. Let me assess how come that failed or why I failed to do mm -hmm. something. And then from there, say, okay, if I get into something similar in the future, Here's how I'm going to react or here's what I would do differently on a project, whatever that is, failing forward. So, um, yeah, you're spot on. And these conversations, uh, you know, just, just for example, you and I, right, we don't know each other personally. You live in New York. I live in Kansas City. But our relationship on a professional level and even a little bit on a personal level from the First conversation I had with you last year, early spring. <laughs> Has it been that long? Oh my gosh! But yeah. yeah, it's been a long time. Well, I had some gaps in there because of health issues, but um, you know, so we have a different relationship now because you and I just about every week have a half hour conversation about topics, and in the course of that, we sometimes talk. Uh, you know, about our personal lives Person, uh -huh. or sitches, right? So I don't know your youngest son's name, but your oldest son Austin is Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, it's your yeah, Austin and Jackson, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I've raised six kids and kind of <laughs> where, where my background is. <laughs> so, yeah. right. So we have, uh, you know, I, I think we have a very good relationship. Um, that first day, it wasn't necessarily good or bad. It just was, we hadn't had a conversation yet. So, yeah. um, you know, my goal, and I'm sure your goal, was to try and have positive conversations as we move things forward. Yeah. Right? And I believe it's worked well so far. I like Tony as a person, first and foremost, yeah. not as a business associate. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Right. It, right. No, no. And, that, and that's so important. People do. People don't dig, and we'll talk about this in first conversations. They don't dig into the well of that individual to say, man, 
now I understand where they're coming from, or I really respect them for this, etc. So you can have surface conversations, which are, you know, if you go to a party and, and you're just chitter chattering to, with your drink in your hand or whatever it might be, um, you know, and okay, you're talking about the weather or the kids soccer game or something, but it tends to be very surfacey. Superficial, um, yeah. Yeah, superficial. That's the word I was searching I'm for. Thinking, so thank yeah. you. You're thank you for bailing me out. <laughs> um, no right? So, um, but other conversations, every one of those is really important. And I've had, and I'll talk about some of them, very serious conversation that people might say, I, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I got the tools through reading First Conversations on how to better communicate myself, how to take a principal stand and treat people with respect, but have a conversation instead of avoiding the conversation, which a lot of us do in our personal life and we do in our professional life as well. Because that's the easy way, right, is to avoid it. So, yeah. um, so that's kind of a question I had, you know, are we, why are we talking about fierce conversation? Because topic to me is so important it's so fundamental that if you start practicing how to do fierce conversations your quality of life literally will get better your stress levels will go down and and lots of other things will happen if you have fierce conversations um and and you know personal pride increases a lot of different stuff so um we'll go in detail one of the examples Susan uses is um, talking about fierce conversations, um, oranges. So if you have an orange at work and you squeeze it, what's going to happen? The juice comes out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, if you take that same orange and you take it home and you squeeze it, what's going to come out of it? Same well- same, same stuff, right? Yeah, yeah juice. I call it a yeah, mess. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, so it's a juice. And humans are like that, but there's there's a spot that still is highly present in our world about, um, you know, when you come to work, leave your personal life at home. Mm-hmm. And what she's saying here with that analogy with the orange, if you squeeze humans, whether it's at work or at home, yeah. their real stuff comes out. And so they're dealing with real stuff in their personal life. You can't ask them um, to just drop it at the door. They mm-hmm. can't be their authentic self if if you're asking them to just you know forget about everything. True. Um, and as an individual, if you know that about that person, then you should be respectful of that as well. And understanding uh, that doesn't mean lowering your standards, but you have a different understanding. You can have a different conversation with that person. Let's say if they, they started uh, slacking off uh, or something in their work habits, you know, this is, is not in alignment with the, the corporate goals or whatever that might be. So oranges and humans, you know, so are you the same person at home as you are at work? Yeah. What would you say? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I, I kind and, of am. I can't lose one or the other. It's just me. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I. I think before I read 
first conversations, there was a lot. Uh, as I jumped from the Navy into the corporate world, there was there was a lot of teaching of uh, leave your personal stuff at home. Now I knew personally because I'm very introspective as an introvert that that just doesn't seem true, and it bore out over the years. And then once I read Fierce Conversation, it really validated um, that and gave me tools to be that way. So, well, I apologize. Um, we're out of time. We have to get moving. And we're uh, we are. <laughs> We only had like one more thing um, done. And Susan basically says, we're not a box that you can tape shut, mm-hmm. right? And just leave it at the door. Yeah. So I thought that was a great quote. So next week, we'll continue um, having another conversation. Um, and we'll get into first conversation Perfect. in a lot more detail. Okay. Thank you so much. Lead left, grow right. Uh, owner, uh, Tony Morrell, thank you again for being here. And we'll look forward to next week's conversation. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.